Welcome to the Become Fire podcast, a ministry of the Franciscan Friars of the Holy Spirit. If you'd like to learn more about this community, visit them on the web at www.becomefire.faith. That's dot F-A-I-T-H. Now, here are the Friars. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Become Fire podcast. I'm your host, Brother Elijah DeLello. I have with me Father Anthony Tinker, and we have a special guest today. I'm a special guest, <laughs> Father Peter Teresa. <laughs> Finally, wow. I'm a special guest. We've missed him. Well, we have to. We have to. We have these expectations of guests coming on. So today, you're our special guest. <laughs> well, this is we've been a delightful surprise running. for me. Yes, yeah, so happy to be here. Tell us a little bit about yourself. <laughs> what's your favorite color? What's uh, we're gonna uh, we're gonna we're gonna have a little bit of a a different show with the topic today. We're just gonna talk a little bit about uh, a movie that's been out recently. I think is it still in the theaters? I don't think so anymore. I think it's gone. I'm okay. Sure. I think it's off a theater. Who knows? It's okay. on. I know it's on. Uh, it's on streaming services. Streaming now. services. Yeah. Hi, HBO is that what it is? Uh, it, like I think you can rent it off Amazon or okay, whatever. Yeah, Amazon. I think it may be on. Yeah, yeah. This new era of movie watching probably been on HBO since it came yeah, since it came out. Yeah. But uh, the movie that we're gonna be talking about today, we're gonna talk about uh, Dune. So it's it's a it's a a movie that. Um, uh, at least the three friars here, I think some of the friars in Detroit have seen it. And um, it was, uh, for the most part, I think everybody seemed to to like it. I, yeah, I thought it was uh, an enjoyable movie, very visually stunning. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe you've seen it already, maybe not. Um, if not, would uh, Father, would you mind giving just a little synopsis? Yeah, spoiler of, alert. So. Yeah, 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 spoiler yeah. alerts <laughs> for sure. Lots of spoilers coming. So if you haven't seen it and you want to be surprised. Some people like that, though. Some people like knowing what's going to happen yeah. before they go into it. Well, I know I found, uh, I'm, I'm going to go, I watched Bishop Barron one time mm-hmm. about a, a movie. I think it was Noah. And everybody mm. hated Noah. And so I, I didn't see it. Then I watched his review of it. And I was like, oh, and then I watched the movie. And I actually enjoyed it because I saw yeah, like, yeah. his perspectives going into it. So if their perspectives might help you enjoy the movie a little more. We can only hope. Um, <clears throat> so overview is, I guess this is based on a sci-fi book I've not read right. um, called Dune. And there is this element like spice that's kind of the element they use to travel around. So it's kind of like oil, you know, this gas, this very, very valuable assessment. They can only find it at one planet. And there's this, uh, the Harkonnens uh, have control of the planet and they're doing all the spice. But the emperor basically, for whatever reason, or we know the reason later, but kicks the Harkonnens out and gives the house of Atreides, who are kind of the heroes of the story. Um, there's different houses. There, there's one emperor, different houses. And he has house of Atreides take over Dune. So they move all their, oh, take over the um, Dune. And they're supposed to do the spice production. Where they find that actually this was all just a ploy um, because the emperor sends his soldiers and then the Arcanans return and they actually destroy um, the House Atreides. That was the whole plan. They thought House, the emperor thought House Atreides betrayal. was too powerful. They, he betrayed them. There was a betrayal even in House Atreides mm. um, that, that occurs. And so uh, Arcanans take the, the planet back. But the, so the Duke of Atreides, the head, is killed, but his son survives and his wife survives. And they're taken in by some of the uh, the locals of the indigenous people. The indigenous people. There's yeah. these indigenous people on the planet, um, and uh, 
they of Dune and, and they are taken in. And the movie's actually, I guess, a part one of, I'm guessing, part two. Like, it was kind of a surprise when I first walked in. It's like part one. I'm like, oh, well, <laughs> okay, I didn't know that. So this is, I guess, the first half of it. But we see at the end kind of uh, Paul and his mother on the run from um, the Harkonnens who are trying to kill them because they're trying to eliminate House Atreides and taken in by the kind of the indigenous people there while the Harkonnens kind of take Dune back and try to reestablish their the spice production and the emperor tries to keep control of the empire. Great summary, Father. Yes, that was that was wonderful. Succinct, clear. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're welcome. So um, I think uh, overall, um, I think in just my impression of the movie, the I, I really liked some of the character development that mm-hmm. took place. Again, I, I also have not seen the novels. I think was there three, three novels? Oh, there's more than that. I more think, than that. I think he, the the guy, original guy. I think it's a Frank. No, uh, Frank Herbert or whatever he did. Oh yeah, Frank Herbert. Yeah, that's what um, he wrote him. Yeah, he, you're he, our guest. You're supposed to know these things. <laughs> you're, you're our special guest to talk about this movie. <laughs> um, well, I think let me he tell wrote, you about these novels. <laughs> I think he wrote four or five, maybe six. I don't know where it was of the origin of he wrote, and then his son picked up and actually wrote all these other spin like wow. all associated <clears throat> with Dune. Hmm. Like, I'm not having not, not read them, but I'm. I've been. I was preparing this, looking at different things. Mm-hmm. But so the original guy read. I think. I think it was four to six okay. original novels. Yeah. So this movie, it's a longer movie. I think it was what, like three hours or something. Oh, like it's that. quite three, but it's definitely over two. Okay. Yeah. Um, but they do. A, I think a really good job. I mean, c- certain movies. I think when they try to recreate a novel, when there's a lot of details, sometimes you can either get too much or too little with some of the characters. But I think, uh, especially the the main character, Paul. Um, you could kind of begin with with his character and, and kind of watching how um, you know he's supposed to uh, succeed his father and ruling the kingdom, which is really a, a whole planet. Um, but just kind of some of the development there. Um, but one of the I think no, I'll let you keep going. I I, yeah. I want to talk about that, but one of the um, main themes I think that was coming out was this idea of of fear. Um, and I think in a, in a in particular, the way that they were kind of portraying the way that the spice could affect you. Um, mm. Trying to remember, you know, there was a one scene with that. Um, but there's also a scene with his mother. Um, and if you watch the movie, I mean, Father, you could probably explain this better than me. But his mom is kind of comes from this um, kind of like a tradition of. Are they, what are, what, what? They're called the Bene Gesserit, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's this kind of like a religious sisterhood. I, I have not read the novels, so I'm yeah. just based on, you know, looking at things um, and watching the movie. But, uh, so they're this, um, kind of this, these, this sisterhood who kind of have, they, they have kind of like, a, almost like religious figures, but they're also kind of like prophetesses. Yeah. Um, yeah. And hold the kind of the, they're very, very powerful. Yeah. And, uh, and so she's, this woman, Jessica, Lady Jessica, Who's married to the Duke of the House of Trades um, is the uh, kind of a member of this sisterhood. Like learned under them. Yeah, learned under them, studied yeah. under them, and is now training her son in kind of their ways. So I guess they they usually don't take males because to yeah. be a male would be to is to be like I don't know, super powerful or something along those yeah, lines. Yeah, I'm not sure. And the fact they actually started training her son was like a big no no at the yeah. beginning. Yeah. Hmm. But um, so it's mostly mostly women kind of in this role, and but they're in. Uh, various kind of roles of power throughout mm-hmm. the empire. But there's one scene in particular um, with Paul and his mother, and he's about to go see um, kind of the head of these these prophetess women 
Um, and you're not really sure what's going on beforehand, but you can tell that his mom is is very much affected about the situation that's mm-hmm. taking place. And even the way he's kind of woken up from sleep. Um, but there's a lot of fear that kind of happens, you know, in the, in the initial conversation with him and his mother, but she doesn't really give him all of the details about what he's about to go do. Um, but maybe we, if we can just talk a little bit about uh, that scene, um, Father, and just a little bit about uh, the theme of fear there and, and kind of just how that develops. There's one of them, I think, the, the themes that they're going for in the movie mm-hmm. is it's to portray that, that, that fear is the mind killer. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and, and so you've got to overcome fear. And one, I know we'll talk about this another time, but Paul, it's, about, it's all about Paul kind of becoming, they're trying to train you to be the leader of the House of Trades. He's going to be the future. He's the son of the Duke. Um, that means he's going to be in charge. And um, he's, he, at the beginning, you see him like not wanting to lead. Right. Kind of like, I don't think I have what it takes. Uh, I kind of this fear of leading. And, and one of the things that his mother's been teaching him is to overcome fear, like no matter what the situation is. And so um, she wakes him up in the middle of the night. And again, yeah, the head, I don't know what her name is, but the head of this, this little order, of the Benezaret, show up. And she's is testing Paul. Basically, like the fact that she trained, started training a male is like, is, um, she wasn't supposed to. Right. And, uh, and so they're not real happy, but they're coming in and basically like, okay, well, then we have to test him. Like, if you're mm-hmm. going to train him in our ways, we're going to test him to see if, if right. he's uh, got what it takes. Um, and so this is kind of powerful scene where he shows up and she has this box and, uh, and she's like, uh, puts, a, puts like a poison dart to his throat. Basically, like you have to put your hand in the box, and you can't take it out until I tell you to. And uh, and if you take it out, I'm gonna kill you. And he's like, "What's in the box?" She's <laughs> Real like, nice lady. She's like, "Pain, right?" Mm-hmm. And uh, and the question that's all about fear. Mm-hmm. And so he puts his hand in, and I guess he it feels like his hand's on fire, and all this stuff is happening to his hand, yep. which is all not really happening, but it's it feels like it's yeah. happening. Yeah. Um, that is his hand's just just burning. Um, and so, but outside of that. And one of the one of their mantras is, you know, fear is the mind killer. Mm-hmm. His mother's outside, like just repeating these words, like fear is the mind killer. Um, and, and like for the sake of her son, mm-hmm. right outside of the room, right? To, to, to almost like speaking it over him, kind of like, hey, remind yourself that all you have to do in this moment is overcome fear. Because if you recognize that actually nothing's happening to your hand right now. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's it feels like there's a lot of pain. Yeah. It feels like your hand is melting, you know, it's going through this, this fire, but it's actually not. That's not what's happening to your hand. It's all just in your imagination. And the reason that we're doing this is because if, if, if you can overcome the mind, the fear of the mind, mm-hmm. then you can actually overcome fear in various situations. Um, yeah, and I found it to be a very powerful scene. Yeah. Um, because I think, I think fear is a killer, you know, that, mm-hmm. that we overcome. Jesus, again, three, if you want 365 times in the Bible, Jesus says, do, under the word of God says, do not be afraid. Yeah. Do not fear. And over and over, we get this theme in our, in our, our Christian lives. Don't fear. Like, don't be afraid. Um, why? Because uh, when we fear something, we give it power. Mm-hmm. Right? We fear God. Um, there's a call to have this awe and reverence of God. Yes. But the fear of this world, especially the enemy, he, he prowls about like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Right? He roars really loudly. Mm-hmm. Why? Because he wants you to be afraid. Because if he gets you to be afraid, to live in fear, then you're going to act out of that fear. Because that thing, whatever you're afraid of, Fear of failure, for example. I'm afraid to fail, right? Yep. And so I'm obsessed with making sure I don't fail. At work, I don't fail. At school, I don't fail. At life, whatever the case may be. And you live out, out of that fear. It, it, it drives you and you make, you're make. you no longer making rational decisions, discernment decisions. Yep. You're making decisions based on avoiding fear. Yeah. And, and so this big, I think, powerful theme. And I, I think also what, like his mom's there. Mm-hmm. Like she's the one that's <clears throat> almost like the, the image of, of Our Lady helping us, yeah. you know, to overcome fear in our lives. 
we would turn to ask her to overcome fear, to help us overcome the the fear that seeks to take control and give give take power away from what we should who we should be fearing, and that's the Lord. Yeah, it's a really interesting scene and powerful in a lot of ways, and I just think it really just speaks to us as well. And you're talking about n- not to be afraid and and. And so, like, well, what are the things that we're afraid of? And you're mentioning failure and, and just really any sort of pain, whether that be physical pain, whether that's emotional pain, psychological pain, spiritual pain, spiritual dryness. Um, and, and our culture and society would have us just avoid that and numb that and, and get rid of that at, at, at all costs um, and, and to fear that and to make that an ultimate enemy where, where, where that's just not the gospel. Um, that that the Christ did not come to promise us just rainbows and butterflies. That that there are hardships, that there are difficulties, that there are really painful things, um, and and Christ has not come to to just remove them. And so His exhortation for us is to not be afraid of them, um, to to persevere through them, uh, because there's something on the other side of us. That those are really formative, powerful experiences for us when when we overcome something. We overcome physical fear. We overcome psychological fear, emotional fear, spiritual fear. That that there is something in that process, um, in that journey of, of of walking into the fire um, with the Lord and not being afraid and and allowing the Lord to to be there with us, to father us, to love us, to guide us, and then to come through on the other side. And, and we're completely changed and transformed by those experiences. And so. So yeah, that fear is a mind killer, and that if we're avoiding fear all our lives, then we'll have a very infantile life, a very juvenile life. We'll have an infantile and juvenile spirituality and relationship with the Lord, um, and the Lord wants to to mature us, to, to bring us into to adulthood um, and relationship with Him, and and a part of that is facing fears. Yeah. So there's um, <clears throat> there's quite a bit of um, again character development. And I think that we see, I found the, the mom's character very interesting because I think, at least for me, uh, when they kind of show that she's part of this Benic and Nesserit order, uh, and especially that scene when they're outside the door, you're not really sure where her allegiances lie. You're not really sure what she's all about. Um, but I think that that relationship um, kind of develops along these lines and even, you know, Paul, the main character again, um, you kind of see him also starting to question this relationship with his mother when he eventually finds out, um, you know, who she is and and what uh, what sh- what she's uh, what what this group is that she belongs to and what their uh, kind of you know end has been. Um, but I guess just a little bit about that relationship, um, how you kind of saw that develop and and what we can kind of draw out of there too. <clears throat> yeah. Well, I think to get into that, uh, one of the main themes is, is the boy becoming the man, mm-hmm. right? That Paul, who starts out as a boy, and something I know I want to talk about, kind of in this relationship with his father, doesn't want to lead and all this, and then moves into this, this have time to take matches, his father's dead. His whole house, like everyone he knows pretty much is dead, you know? And yeah. at the end of the yeah. movie, it's basically just he and his mom, like trying to survive as everything's been destroyed, everything they know. Um, and, uh, and so there's this scene at the end of the movie 
where they have to escape with their lives. There's these, these worms that are kind of these big giant creatures, sand giant worms, yeah. sandworms that yeah. try to eat everything that that's makes motion on the sand. But eventually they get over and they, they find the locals. And the locals, the, the, the indigenous people, do not like outsiders at mm-hmm. all. They've been hurt by them. Everybody's been trying to kill them and take their spice and like take their land. So they're all in hiding. And then these people go up and they're like... Um, they're basically like having this conversation, should we take them in or not? Or should we kill them for their, for their water, right? And, yeah. um, and this one uh, guy is basically trying to take him in, but another guy's like, no. And, uh, and he challenges Paul's mom. So basically, it's, if I understand it correctly, like Paul's mom puts a knife to like the head guy, like to basically, because he thinks he's trying to kill her son. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, he, and then the other guy's like, listen, she, she almost knifed you, which means I, I can challenge her. Right, that she she for whatever, whatever like took control of the yeah. group at that moment. Yep. That she spared your life because she spared your life. Like I have an opportunity to challenge her, mm-hmm. but you can't, you can't fight a woman one one on one. And it seems like he would die. It seems like Lady Jessica would kill him. Actually, <laughs> she seems like pretty. <laughs> she, BA. Can, she can handle herself. But yeah, she can handle herself. But um, and so she needs a champion. Um, and uh, nobody's gonna stand up for her, the indigenous. So Paul has to stand up. Yeah. And Paul stands up and he's like, I'll 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 be her champion. And the guy's like, I accept. So now he's got to fight this like, and th- this one girl's like, um, he's like the best knife fighter we know. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. like um, and, and so here's this this great fighter, and Paul, who's the boy, um, is there, and uh, and has to fight this guy. And I want to talk about this as well. Another theme in that regard, just yeah. because there's this like re- really cool thing I think they did with prophecy in that moment. Yeah. Um, but but basically that he's like fighting the guy, and he like puts up his sword to his throat. Like Paul beats him. Yeah. He's like yields, and. Uh, and the guys, the guys like no, and they they keep fighting, and he's like yield, and then the the people are like, why is he telling him to yield? And his mom's like, he's never killed anyone, mm-hmm. and they're all like, like is is Paul actually going to kill this guy? Mm-hmm. Kind of thing, like, and he has to. I mean, the guy, they're basically like, it's his mom's life, it's or in his life, yeah. or or it's this guy's life, and he has yeah. to make a decision there, and uh, and, and so it's just this defense of his mother, mm-hmm. like, and the boy becomes a man in that moment. Actually, ends up you know, spoiler, kills the guy, but yeah. um, I, I think I find it so interesting. Right, that that he, this boy becomes a man in, in that relationship with his mom. Like at first, at the beginning, like mom's like trying to taking care of him, and he's under mom's like mm-hmm. protection. He kind of feels like a little boy. But at the end yeah. of the movie, it's like, and she wants to leave. She's like, okay, he won. Get us on a ship, take us back to our home planet where we yeah. we come from, and we'll figure out what's going on and and what you know because everybody knows dead. And he's like, no, yeah. like, my my path is here. Like, uh, like this is where I'm supposed to stay. And like yeah. we're joining these indigenous people and we're figuring yeah. this out because my father said like there's desert power. Yeah. And so I, I find this again one this theme boy becoming a man, but in that even that mother relationship where he like he's like it's like separating from his mom and then even mm-hmm. protecting his mom when his dad dies, which you never would expect at the beginning. Like he doesn't want to lead, and all of a sudden he's like become the father figure, mm-hmm. which is so so beautiful. Yeah, yeah, and you see, I think it's just kind of a, a demonstration of of what of what leadership is, of what power is, what authority is. Um, in a very Christ-like sense, um, where where it is then at the service um, that that you always use your 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 strength, your power, your authority, um, and to to protect. Um, and he's protecting his mom, and in order to to, to serve um, the, those are those are who are more vulnerable around us. That that whatever gifts and strengths that we have been given to use, um, they're they're always then at the service of of those who who don't have them, who who are. Who are weak or vulnerable or don't have those opportunities, and so um, he is learning how to become a man and how to become a leader. And 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 he somewhat tragically has to take this man's life 
um, but um, it, it it forces his hand to to really step into this role that he would have avoided otherwise. Yeah. Well, in that, just because we're here, mm-hmm. I love what they do with prophecy in the movie. Yeah. Uh, because in this moment, like I didn't understand it. I had to think about it. It's one of those, I love movies I have to think about when yeah. it's over. Like I like sitting there like pondering. So for me, like I like movies are movies, but I like talking about movies. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> like I find that like twice as fun as actually the movie itself, mm-hmm. like doing this stuff like this, talking with you, with you guys about it. Yeah. Um, because I, I, it's the intellectual kind of like, pondering but mm-hmm. but so they have this scene and they're about to fight so the guys challenge him to the battle and uh and all he sees is a vision of like the guy stabbing him right and earlier in the movie he'd seen the guy like tell him like i'll show you the ways of the desert so this guy's mm-hmm. like i'll show you the ways of the desert and then he the, one one vision this is early in the movie and then they, this scene he like sees the guy killing him mm-hmm. right and he's about to fight and the guy's just challenging him to a duel it's like okay all you've seen is like this guy killing you in, in a yeah. vision and uh and, and then, so it's it's almost like, oh, okay, so he's about to be stabbed, but is he going to survive this? Or yeah. his mom gonna, like, what's going to happen here? And uh, and they fight, and he kills the guy. Yeah. And you're like, what? Wait, 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 wait. I, he just saw a vision of himself being killed right. by the guy, but yet he just killed the guy. What's going on here? And the, and the guy's showing, like, I'll show you the ways of the desert. And for me, um, what it was was um, that the man, that this guy who we saw killing him was actually killing the boy, Paul. Mm-hmm. The boy, Paul, had to make a decision because he goes up, like, yield, yield. He wants the guy to yield. He doesn't want to actually kill him. And, uh, and the guy won't yield. Um, he can't actually, uh, according to their their culture. And uh, and, and Paul is uh, like, it basically has to make a decision. Like, and his mom's like, he's never killed a man. Like he has to kill the man for the boy Paul to die. Yeah. And, and, and what's actually, the guy is killing him in a sense. Yeah. The guy's killing the boy Paul. So the man Paul can emerge. Yeah. And the man Paul has to do a manful thing that's save his mom. Mm-hmm. He's saving his mom's life by doing this. Mm-hmm. He's like, okay, to save my mom's life, I have to kill this man, unfortunately. Um, and, and so he, he makes the, the manful decision, right? But, but he's being killed. The man's killing him in a sense because he's yes. killing the boy yeah. while Paul's ki- actually physically killing him so that the man can emerge. If that may, I mean, I know my mind describing that well, but I found it really beautiful because we see the scene, you're like, oh, he's about to get stabbed by this guy. Then all of a sudden, like Paul beats him and you're like, what are they doing? Why do they show me that scene? It's like, oh, I think they're just like the boy, the boy's been killed. And that's what we're, we were seeing before. Yeah. I think it it does speak to a really profound spiritual truth, I think, where we're so often, the Lord might speak to us in a very powerful and dramatic way, and we might think we know what it means at face value. And we can even think of like our, 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 our Holy Father in religion, St. Francis, where the Lord says, go rebuild my church, and he begins repairing physical churches. And undoubtedly, that was part of probably what the Lord was telling him to do, but there was a deeper meaning to that word from the Lord where the Lord was seeing that, that his church was not just in physical disrepair, but in spiritual disrepair. And the Franciscans were then to, to restore the, the mystical body of Christ. And so I think this can happen in our, in our lives where, well, I thought the Lord, Lord, I thought you told me to do this, and I did this thing, and it did not pan out the way that I thought that the word... I thought it was going to, um, and and there's always just a uh, just layers to meaning, and so we can't really know exactly what the Lord might be saying to us at any given moment. We just we do our best to be obedient, um, but but there's always I think just more meaning to and deeper meaning that just kind of unravels as we enter into what the Lord is calling us to. I think it's St. Peter and Acts of the Apostles. Yeah, like the, the sheet comes down with all these unclean animals. Yeah. it's like take and eat. Mm-hmm. He's like I've never eaten anything unclean. Yeah. And it wasn't about the eating of the unclean things. Yeah. It was about going and, and and bringing the gospel to the Gentiles. Yeah. 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 So let's talk a little too about um, Paul's father. Because uh, I, I think 
this I, I really liked the way that they portrayed uh, mm -hmm. the, the character of his father, um, Duke Leto Atreides. So he's the he's the current you know when the movie starts he's the 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 current duke or king of of the planet that they're on uh, and they have a couple of different conversations in the beginning of the movie about you know that Paul is going to eventually succeed his father take up the the throne take up the so to speak crown um, and there's one particular scene that I thought was very touching um, where Paul is kind of struggling to kind of want or desire or, you know, accept that this will eventually be, um, his, his fate, uh, to take up the, the crown. And, um, and he says to his father, you know, something along the lines of, you know, uh, you know, I don't know if I can, if I can be this, you know, I don't know if I can be this. And, and his dad says something like, you know, I don't need you to be anything but my son. Uh, and I found that very touching. I found mm -hmm. that very edifying. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think I was a little surprised by it too, just mm -hmm. maybe because I'm just so, uh, imbued by the culture and just expect, you know, the, the a, a movie to, to just kind of, you know, say, well, no, just do what you're supposed to do or something. But um, no, he went he went to the core of of who he was and kind of really hit on something really important there. So fathers, I don't know, father, if you can just maybe talk a little bit about that relation or even about that conversation. Or yeah, I mean, that is a, a one of the most beautiful scenes in the movie. Mm -hmm. in my mind. It's like, it, it, yeah. it was like, you'll be all I ever need you to be. Yeah, and you're like, what is that, my son? You mm -hmm. know, and I think it, it just shows the beauty of the father that he doesn't have this like great expectation of like you have to do this. He's not overbearing. He's not, you know. Um, he even talks about how he wasn't planning on lead, like yeah. he wasn't ready to, to lead, you know, mm -hmm. and he didn't really want the the, the task. Um, and that's one that just speaks to leadership in general. Like um, when you truly understand what it is, it's you kind of like, well, that's not really you know what I want, mm -hmm. you know. Um, you look at what the president has to do and the decisions he has to make, and you're like, man, that's a lot of like that's a lot of responsibility, a lot of work, mm -hmm. and that can be overwhelming. And uh, so he's saying, it, it, but this beautiful like, you're my son, like first and foremost, you're not the prince, you're not you know the fighter, you're not whatever else. Like first and foremost, you're my son, yeah. And that's what you need to be first and foremost. And first and foremost, I need to be your dad. Like I'm I'm the king, but I'm not first the king. I'm first your dad, and second. Um, the Duke, right? And, and I yep. think that just speaks to us of the beauty of just fatherhood in general. And this, I mean, yeah, it's beautiful to see Hollywood, you know, showing a beautiful father-son relationship and a real, 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 uh, um, uh, you know, the, the, even throughout the movie, like his son is, this assassin is sent to like kill his son mm -hmm. and, uh, and the head of security like wants to, uh, um, to retire afterwards. And he's all like, uh, he's like, I failed. Like I let an assassin try to kill your son. He got too close. And he's all like, I don't need you to retire now. I need you to figure out like who's trying to like mm -hmm. protect my son. Yeah. Like, yeah. like this isn't about honor. It's about protecting my son. Yeah. Like, and just this beautiful, like how the love he has for his wife, the love he has for his son. Um, and uh, and I, I, again, I just, it touched me so much because it's, we, we find our identity. Yes, in, that's exactly right. In, in our relationship with Christ, in relationship mm -hmm. with the father. Like our identities are as sons and daughters of God. And we can lose track of that and make our identity about I'm a doctor, I'm a lawyer, I'm a, you know, uh, uh, whatever. I'm only, uh, I'm only a house mom or whatever, mm -hmm. like, which is the greatest job in the world. Uh, mm -hmm. But, uh, or one of the most beautiful. And, uh, and, and, and we can get, make our identity like what we do um, or what our title is. Like, oh, I need to have a better title. Like I need a new, a, a new, a, a, a better title at work, you know, whatever. I need more pay. I need how much, how much is in my bank account? We identify ourselves with all these things that don't matter. Because at the end of the day, because they're nothing compared to the true identity we have, and that's as sons and daughters of God. Yeah. 
I, I find it, it's especially giving advice to, to young people discerning vocations. They're always just so concerned about what they have to do. Um, and I always just try to remind them that it's just, you, you just ask yourself just, you know, what, who, who are you supposed to be? You know what I mean? Um, and, and, and find that, you know, and then what you do will come from that. Um, but there's this primacy to just, to just being. Um, and, and, and becoming who God has made us to be. And, and, and I think that's what the Father is, is telling him at this moment, that, um, that, that, that what you do um, and, and how you do it and, and whatever success or failures that you might have in that, um, that I mean, it, it's, it's inevitable. That no matter what you do, you're going to have successes and failures, you're going to have peaks and valleys, and that's just, it's just the course of life. And, but what can remain constant is, that is who you are. Um, and who you are right now is just my son, and so that, that's all that matters. And and so it's the same for us, where where we are sons and daughters of God, and that's all that matters. That's all that matters. What what we do in this life um, is is only of value um, in so much as that we do it from that place. Um, that it will only have value in this life and in the life to come um, from that eternal perspective of our relationship in Christ to the Father in the Holy Spirit. Um, and everything else is, um, is just building our kingdom. It's just building a kingdom on sand. Um, and so, so it is this real call for us to just, um, maybe step back from trying to earn our approval from God, um, trying to, to make ourselves pleasing to God, to trying to, to make ourselves better, make ourselves right, and to recognize that that we've already been purchased by the blood of Christ. We've already been redeemed. We've already been adopted into the family. Um, and we can just enter into that relationship and we can approach boldly the throne of grace and and, and come to our Father as, 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 as trusting and loving children. Yes, yeah, so there you have it. That's, uh, I think, you know... Uh, Hopefully, it, maybe it intrigued you if you haven't seen the movie, or maybe you you just heard this and now you don't want to see it at all. But, <laughs> <laughs> but I do think uh, there's there's a, a good bit to talk about uh, after watching this movie. So mm -hmm. uh, I would recommend if you do watch it, you know, maybe having some conversations. I think we have to engage some of the things that we're doing today, uh, movies, media, that kind of thing, a little bit critically. And so um, just kind of see what kind of themes and stuff come out. And, and so hopefully. This has been uh, enjoyable for you, but uh, for a last question, oh boy, okay. uh, do something a little different today. Instead of asking a you know a favorite or something like that, a least favorite or a least favorite, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I would want to ask: Would you recommend uh, this movie, um, and maybe one or two reasons why or why not? Okay. I would just say first. I mean, it is like a sci-fi movie in the genre of like. I don't know, maybe like Star Wars or something like that. So, I mean, like, if that kind of movie does not appeal to you, then, you know, don't put yourself to the two hours of, of watching a movie like that. But um, but I, I, I would recommend it. I, I found it to be... I don't think there's anything morally objectionable in it. Um, I found it to be just very visually stunning. I thought some of the visual effects were, were really were really awesome. Uh, I thought kind of the the world building in it, like you were kind of alluding to, was, was very well done. I, for, it, for me, it didn't drag too terribly much. You know, it was a long movie, but it, I thought it, it moved at a decent clip. Um, and I also thought there were some very, very compelling characters um, and some neat action. So it hit all of my checkboxes. So, um, so yeah, I would recommend it. Yeah, I'm going to say what Tinker McConnell gave it two thumbs up. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I would recommend it. Same, same caveat. I mean, just 
some people, I mean, we have different movies, different genres, different things. I mean, it is fiction. Um, it is, you know, sci-fi, fantasy. If that's not your, your style, um, understandable. Um, it's not for everybody. Um, yeah, so I, I've heard definitely people say that it dragged a little bit in the front. I did not, I did not find that. I thought it kept moving. So but, I really um, loved all the pageantry. Yeah. Like all the costumes and like all of the, like, the, just the like the civility of like the high class. So I, I I thought all this stuff was really neat and cool and well done. Yeah. So and I, I wouldn't watch a lot of movies. So it's not like I'm watching a ton of movies this and I'm like comparing. Like yeah. this is a, it's a rare thing for us yeah, to like very true. Uh, like to sit down and like oh man we're gonna, gonna we didn't take this one in like a new movie coming just out not like an old one. Uh, mm-hmm. So that was uh, I, I, but yes I enjoyed it. I thought it was visually stunning. I liked the costumes. Like the just the scenery wherever mm-hmm. they were. I don't know where they filmed. But it was really yeah. beautiful. Yeah. The acting I enjoyed. I thought mm-hmm. the actors were, were well played. Um, the story, like I said, I, I, especially those relationships. I think the boy to the man, like the bo- boy's becoming a man, yep. and just watching that occur. What they did with the prophecy again, how they did. Because that's coming. That's a theme throughout the movie. Every yeah. talk about one thing, but kind of this. You see things, and they don't actually happen. How you see them, and you're like, I wonder what they're doing with this. Um, and then, yeah, the father, uh, the father um, son relationship, and the mother son relationship. I thought were all really beautiful. Yeah, yeah. I would echo that as well. I think it's a, a very good, uh, very good movie. Um, and let us know. Let us know what you think. Uh, any, any final thoughts, Father Peter Teresa, our guest? I think I'm I'm thoughtless. Okay, uh, I've emptied all my thoughts out into the podcast. But we are we are going to have guests these next few weeks. Yeah, for the podcast, we're excited. So we're excited. Yes, you know, been, we've heard requests that people would like the guests. So we're we're moving into that guest direction, um, at least for the next few. Mm-hmm. And then we actually have a Lenten theme coming up. Um, we're going to actually do a Franciscan themed Lent. We're going to talk about Francis and Franciscan themes to do kind of a Lenten. We're hoping to be almost like a Lenten devotional for people, yeah. a little way to walk with us through Lent in St. Francis. So that's kind of the plan for the upcoming podcasts. And maybe if we get good enough, we can do a Catholic Answers Does. We can do like a cruise. <laughs> wow! Yeah, like a, I don't know what we would. Did do you on just the like cruise? volunteer yourself to be a chaplain for a cruise? Is that uh, what just happened? Yes, I did. <laughs> yes, I did. You can have. I have noticed already going to cruise, so you can have it. <laughs> well, uh, Father or Father, would you mind closing us out in a prayer? Sure. In the name of Father, Son, Holy Spirit, Amen. Heavenly Father, we give you thanks, honor, glory, and praise this day. We ask that your Holy Spirit would come down and enlighten the hearts of all who are listening, to fill them to overflowing with the gifts of the Holy Spirit, to set them ablaze. And we ask all this through Christ our Lord. Amen. In the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Become Fire podcast. The Franciscan Friars of the Holy Spirit can be found online at www.becomefire.faith. That's .f-a-i-t-h. The Franciscan Friars of the Holy Spirit are also a 501c3 charitable organization. If you feel called in any way to give financially to their mission, please go to www.becomefire.faith/give. That's becomefire.faith/give. May the Lord give you his peace. We'll see you next time.